I asked Brother Randy this morning when he asked me to come and fill in tonight, I said, is there anything I need to know before I come and speak? And he said, well, the only thing that I would require of you is that you do not speak in tongues. <laughs> and I said, I'm confident in the fact that I will not speak in tongues. I have not, and now would not be a good time to do just that. When I was thinking this afternoon about what I would speak on, I I thought about what the speaker said this morning, and I thought I would want to build upon what it was that he so adequately addressed. So many Christians today have lost their joy, and there are reasons, and he alluded to that in his address this morning, and it's certainly beneficial for us to hear that because the joy of the Lord comes from the filling of the Holy Spirit. And as you look in the Bible, it tells us there are certain characteristics that only the Holy Spirit can produce in you and me as believers and as children of God. And he talks about these plainly. You know, I can't love someone that's always spurning the good things that I would try to do for them. Only the Holy Spirit can love that individual. I can't do it. I will tell you that. And then the Bible talks about joy. I can't produce that joy. I can't manufacture that in my life. You can't either. Only the Holy Spirit's filling in your life. Can you produce that stabilizing factor in, in you and keep you above the things that all of us deal with in our daily life? And he talks about that love, joy, the peace. What about the peace that you lose because of the things that come to you every day in life? What about long-suffering after you try to live the best you can each and every day and yet you get smacked twice in the face before the day's over and you have to long-suffer and not lose your joy? Only Holy Spirit can do that. And to be gentle in a crisis situation, gentleness that we need. Yes, there's love and joy and Peace and long-suffering and gentleness. It talks about meekness. It talks about self-control that we need in very hostile situations. Only the Holy Spirit can bring that to your life and help you to maintain your equilibrium and to be a useful servant of God in situations that He places you. It's easy to live the life when everything's going well. I don't know about you, I've not always found that when everything's going well. We're living in a very difficult world today, aren't we? Now we are. Our culture today is somewhat turned against Christianity. Christianity's under attack in America. It ought not be, but it is. And we have to go back to the, the reason for that that's found in our churches. You may not agree with that, but that's true. Church attendance is down across America. People no longer believe the great doctrines of the faith like they used to. Matter of fact, many preachers today, they don't even preach on doctrine. You know, you can't get strong as a Christian unless you believe the great doctrines of the faith. You just can't do it. I don't care what you say. You can't do it. But I want to build upon this thing tonight about a, a righteous man living for the glory of God and being blessed and friends, when we are filled with God's Holy Spirit, we can indeed do that because God is doing that in you and through you. Tonight, if you have your Bibles, I hope you have.
Would you turn with me to the 112th Psalm? Many of us that have come down through the years, we had to camp out in the Psalms. A lot of great principles that are found in the Psalms, and we need to know what they are. Here's one of them, my dear friends. I'm going to read the entire 112th Psalms, but it's verse 7 that I'm going to key on tonight. He says, Praise you the Lord. Blessed is a man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. That's the key verse here. The key verse is verse 7. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. They'll be astonished. They'll wonder what in the world makes that man the man that he is. They'll want to know. You know, that's a key. That was addressed this morning. It really was. And then again in verse 10, he shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. It's verse 7 that I want to talk to you about tonight. It speaks of a God-fearing man, a man that knows the Lord, and he knows why he knows the Lord, and he lives out the principles that only the Lord has given. He knows those things. It's found here in this particular text. Verse 1, I could preach three points out of, but I'm going to go beyond that tonight. Verse 1 of 112 Psalm, it says this, as the blessed man, he knows how to praise the Lord. We praise the Lord. We thank the Lord. He is our life, Paul said in Philippians 1.21. And, and that prepares us for all that it is that we would encounter in life. But notice the second thing. He feareth the Lord. He reverences the Lord. Some people think today we can come before the Lord any way we want to. But I'm going to tell you something. He's God. You know he's creator. Do you know that he could take me out of here by just thinking the thought? He is almighty God. The Jews said that he was El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Almighty God is our God. See, this blessed man realized that he had to be reverent before this Lord God. But notice verse, uh, uh, verse 1 again, point number 3. He obeys the commandments of God. You know, Jesus spent a lot of time talking about the teachings of the Word. He talked a lot about it. The Word of God to you and me is very important. 
Time spent in it daily is required. You and I need to know what God's Word says. We need to live out what God's Word says because we want to be found obedient to what God has said for your life and mine. And friends, if we are not doing that, if we're not under a good, strong Sunday school teacher, if we're not under good, strong preaching today, we're not going to know what it is that God has said for you and me. Something I can't hardly stand is weak preaching. Do you know that? I think it's a waste of time. That's why I'm going to pray for your committee. They bring a good, strong preacher in here for you. You've had that and you need that. That's what builds a house. Weak preaching will empty the house. Do you know that? They'll leave faster than it takes for a strong preacher to bring them in. And God will bring them in to hear the Word of God. Do you know that? Preacher won't preach and they've been called, my opinion. I don't know if you agree with me or not. But a man won't preach, can't preach, never been called. And I want to hear their calling of God. My preacher at back home didn't, didn't call me to the ministry. My church didn't. God Almighty did. I'm telling you, you've heard the old saying, some God called, some the church sent, some just got up and went. And I'm going to tell you something, that's true. Do you know it? It ought not be, but I'm going to tell you something. It is the truth. A person trusting fully and seeing God's hand at work. It's a shame today that people can't see God's hand at work today in their lives. You ought to know that God's up to something in your life. You've been, you've been taught God's got a plan for your life. You ought to see what it is that God's doing, what God has prepared for you today, tomorrow. And each and every day, see God working in your life as an individual. This develops the person in righteousness. You see, that righteous person has learned what is right and sure, and he puts his trust in the Lord God. You see, I'm not righteous because of what I do. I'm righteous because of who I trust. <laughs> There's a difference. Amen? There is. I'm righteous today to stand before God today as one of his children because of what he's done for me. Not what Bill Jones has done for him. Not at all. And I want you to know that Jesus saves and when he saves you, he keeps you. That's true. A child of God and one forever. Do you know that all through all the experiences of life, especially in the dark days, you know a child of God really knows where the light comes from? He's not alone in darkness. When tough times come to you and me, we're not in it by ourselves. A lot of times God puts us there so that he might grow us up. And a lot of us needs to be grown up. Too many of us still act, talk like children instead of growing up as adults and walking with the Lord God. Be a man. Be a man. Be a woman. How in the world are our children going to see Christ's likeness in us if we're not learning to submit to him and allowing him to do his mighty work in you and me? See, when we grow up, we'll be able to bear the evil tidings. Notice in verse 7 now, the evil tidings without trembling and going into a panic. It's going to come. Amen. Uh, I try to listen closely to what the speakers say. The pulpit committee was up here this morning. There was two things that they said that just resonated with me. It spoke to my heart. And uh, 
One of them was uh, something about the rumor mill. I can't imagine Hillcrest having a rumor mill. That just, I, I just, that's just beyond me. I, I'm sure it doesn't exist here. I'm sure it doesn't. And the, and the next thing was that uh, Satan's attack. Committee, if you're on the ball, you're trusting the Lord, he knows it. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to try to thwart what it is that you're going to do. And he's going to try to confuse you. He's going to try to mix things up. He's going to try to put roadblocks in your way to keep you from fulfilling the task that this body has given them to do. You need to pray for them. You know, we as a people ought to know something about spiritual warfare. Some don't even believe in it. I never knew a, hardly a time that it didn't exist. That if you're a child of God, Satan knows that you're a child of God. And if he can't keep you from being saved, he's going to keep you from being successful. He doesn't want you as a church to be successful. And it's a grind day in and day out. Satan is active in our world today. He's been active. He's active in this church. He's not outside. He's in here. And we need to realize that. You know, Satan, he's a divider. If he can divide some of you, get you cross-eyed with each other. You know Satan is a destroyer. He wants to destroy some of you. He wants to ruin the testimony. See, the speaker this morning talked about that young lady out of uh, uh, Park Avenue Baptist Church there in Nashville. Brother Mallory's church. Known Brother Malvern. Known him. Knew Brother Casey. Brother Casey was in my Sunday school class for five years. Knew Joe Casey. Hang him high, Joe. Some of you may know him by that. Got to speak to him on a regular basis. That young lady's life was destroyed. Satan will lure you. Not everything that sparkles is real. Friends, I'm telling you, it may sound right, it may look right, but you need to know the word of God whether or not it is right. And when you know that, you're on safe ground. You know a third thing about Satan? He's a slander. That's what it means. When you hear that those kinds of things are being rumored here and there about something, you need to find it out whether it's true or not. He's a slanderer. And if you're on the ball, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to get slandered. It's going to happen. It used to hurt when that took place many years ago as a young pastor. And then I got to expect it. Satan doesn't go after those that are not his. Do you know that? And if you belong to the King of kings and Lord of lords, you're going to get burnt by his tongue from time to time. Guess what? It'll heal. I'm a testimony to that. It will heal if you'll just trust to the Lord. This individual that I'm talking about here, this character sketch that I'm giving to you is a man that had confidence in God. How does a man become strong in character? Secrets in the fearlessness of his life. His heart is fixed, verse 7, trusting in the Lord. Is your heart fixed? You know it's real within. And if it's real within, it's certainly real without. The man who becomes strong 
are always those that have a heart that is fixed. He's confident about the Lord. He has a conviction about the Lord. He's a part of my life. How can you say that you're a born-again Christian and go daily without acknowledging who He is, praising Him, thanking Him, looking to Him for the affairs of your life? Many years ago, I knew this professor at Austin Peay State University. It's been a long time. It's back in the 80s. And they said of this uh, particular professor at Austin P. that every Friday at the conclusion of his class, he would say, now, young men and young women, I want you to hold as a high priority Sunday school and church worship attendance. He did it every single Friday as long as he was a prof at Austin P. That was a conviction he had. He felt that he should strongly do that, and he did it. Even though he knew the school state policy in regards to speaking out about Christianity, he knew that he could be reprimanded. He knew that he could probably be even terminated. But you know he still did it, and he retired from that school. There was one individual, as we were talking about this many years ago, he said, oh, that guy's just stupid. I said, I think it's a conviction. And that's why I wrote that down, have used that illustration down through the years. Living by a conviction of who you are because of what you know. Do you realize that Jesus Christ was called many different things? It is hard for me to imagine, my dear friend, standing before you tonight, that Jesus Christ, it was said of him that no man ever spoke like him. There was no man that ever did the things that he did. He healed people. He raised the dead. And yet people who saw those things, many of them turned away from him and walked with him no more. How can you hear a man speak like he spoke? And do what he did. How can you read that in the scripture and you believe? You believe that this word is the word of God. It's true. There's no errors in it. I believe that. Amen. I believe that. Yeah, he was called an idiot at one particular time because of what he said in regards to himself. He was called an illegitimate child. He was called the son of Beelzebub. He was satanic, they said. And then there's those who said that he was a master deceiver. Because they said these things about him, was he? Not at all. There were certainly a handful of people that believed in him, that knew who he was and that what he said was true. What he did was right and it proved that he was the very son of the living God. And that's the God that we serve. He's son of God. He is one that we must give ourselves to someday to, to stand before him and give an account of these lies. I'm going to tell you something about people of conviction. They are labeled. Do you know that? 
I hate to have to tell you that. There's some of you that are people of conviction that are here. I'm telling you. You're not just standing here. It's easy to stand in here and, and shout and praise God. But it's different when you go out there. For the last 20 years, I've served as an operation manager for over at Ingram Industries. That's what I've been doing. And every day that I went to work, I looked forward to going to work. That God was going to give me someone Amen. that I could encourage yep. or somebody that I could share with. Amen. And there was hardly a day that went by that God didn't give me that. You're labeled, my dear friends, if you live by conviction. You know what they can say about you? They can say you're narrow. You're narrow because you focused on a truth. You know the truth. And that truth has set you free to be who you're supposed to be. Amen? That's the way it's supposed to be. But I'm going to tell you what I found about narrow-minded people. They're strong. You're a person that's labeled as unyielding. Unyielding. But you know what I have found about unyielding type people? They are dependable. You can call on them. They'll be right there because they know the full story about it all. They'll not be moved. And then there's one that I don't really like to use in this day and time because it has bad connotations and that's you could be called dogmatic. What's wrong with that? Not a thing. I want you to see in verse 6, it says that individual that we're talking about here that's grown in the Lord because he knows the Lord, he shall not be what? Moved. You can't be moved around. I like those kind of people. Say what you mean, mean what you say, Amen. Don't waffle around. See, a fixed heart has courage. That's why they can be that way. I like people like that. Courage stabilizes the heart. And when you're growing up, you develop courage. God wants you to have courage. Do you remember what it was that God Almighty said to little old Joshua when Joshua took over the reins after the mighty Moses had passed on? Remember what he said? Notice in Joshua 1.9. Have not I commanded you he didn't leave it up to him. He said, Joshua, I command you. It's a commandment of the Lord. How many of you have been in the military? You receive a command? I've shared with people, I'm a Vietnam vet. Served with 173rd in Vietnam. You had to have courage what some of us had to go through. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you. We were people that had to take commands when it didn't seem to be the right thing to do. Yeah. Some of you know what I'm talking about. God Almighty said to young Joshua, he said, Joshua, have not I commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, neither be discouraged. For I, the Lord thy God, I am with you whithersoever thou goest. 
Friend, what have you got to fear when you step out? Whether or not you're doing something or something's going on within your own home life, something going on at work, something going on at church, something going on in our world today, God has commanded us to be courageous. He's in control. He'll take care of you. He did Joshua. You know, he had to go in. He had to run out old Anakim, the Nephilims, all the mighty giants, one of them that little old David, the shepherd boy, killed. Can you imagine that big old giant of a man, Goliath, looking down at that little old shepherd boy, laughed at him, mocked him, called him names? Did that hinder him? Did that cause him to retreat? It didn't. He says, you have spoken out and defied the armies of the Lord my God. And I'm here and I'm going to walk through you. And you know he did it. My dear friends, God doesn't want you to fear and be afraid and be discouraged. I think discouragement's a sin. I do. I really do. You know why I think it is? Because it means you're not trusting him. What have I got to be discouraged about when he's in control? He's going to take care of it. He tells me to trust him. Even when it looks like things are going to go against me. And that sometimes does happen. We are to lay hold of these things. We are to know him and his mighty word. You know, I found something down through the years in ministry and then working with people like I did over in Laverne. I have found, I said this many years ago and I wished I had dated it. Most people, most people, if you haven't grown, can be changed on 10 cents worth of information and that information doesn't even have to be true. That's my saying. I didn't get that from anybody. But I came up with that, experiencing what I experienced within the church, how easily so many people could be changed on so little bit of information. And most of the time I found out wasn't even true. You know, there's an indictment against the church today. And I'm not against church. I'm for the church. I'm a Southern Baptist. I'm, I was a Baptist before I was a Christian. <laughs> Some of you get that later. I grew up in Baptist church. I was in RAs and all that stuff. I'll tell you, I came up through the ranks. And I won't be nothing else. I won't. Because of what we believe. You know, the Bible says they had eyes to see but could not see. They had ears to hear, and they couldn't hear. How could that be? That's what the Bible says. Isaiah said it in his time, in a fallen culture. Jesus said it in his day and time. They had eyes to see, could not see. They had ears to hear, but they couldn't hear. How amazing that is. You know, the Bible tells us that we are not to be moved around with every wind that blows. In Ephesians 4, 14, it says, Be no more like children 
tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the tricks of men and the cunning cleverness whereby these type of people lie in wait to deceive you. Important. Deceivers, I want to tell you something, friends, have power, they have ability, and they have influence. You see that almost on a daily basis in certain areas. Deceivers. You ought to be able to pinpoint them. The heart, when it's weak, lacks the secret of strength. The heart that is weak lacks the secret of strength. That keeps us strong amidst all of the things that you and I encounter daily. Do you remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? Matthew chapter 7. If you have your Bibles, you know this passage just as well as I do. But it speaks to me every time that I think about some of these things that are going on today. I think about why churches today are going through some of the things they're going through. It's, it's simply because they're not obedient to God's Word, what it says. It's, it's there. Notice in verse 24, that seventh chapter, it says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine. What are those sayings of mine? Do you know Jesus' sayings? Do you know them? Do you know the doctrinal issues that you need to know? Huh? He said, those that hear these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto him. He's a wise man. He built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, what? Not, for it was founded upon a rock. Jesus didn't say you was going to have a rose garden experience, friends. There's no place found in the Bible that indicates that. It's just the opposite. It is just the opposite. The storms came and that house didn't fall because they listened. They took serious what Jesus said. But verse 26, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto him of what? He's a foolish man. He's a fool. He's a foolish man. He built his house upon the what? On the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of that house. He's talking about your life. He's talking about your life and mine. Friends, I've said many times, I've done over 500 funerals. If I stayed in full time, been more, a lot more than that. You only have one shot at this. That's how serious this life is. I take life serious. I like to be lighthearted when I can, but I like to be serious when I must. And we ought to be serious about this life. Our kids need to know the things that we know. And many of our kids today are growing up don't know what we know. It's got a little age and a little bit on us because we've been down the road further. Did you know that? And they need to know those things and mom and dads you need to tell them trust in the Lord with all your heart I'm just about done I, I don't want to bore you tonight but here's a man trusting in the Lord trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not to your own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will do what he will direct your paths if you'll trust him my thinking is hmm, I get in a hardship 
I'm going to work this thing out myself. No, I'm going to trust the Lord. Lord, I'm going to back off from this thing. I'm going to get out of it. My old nature tells me that I need to pop that guy in the chops. That's what my old nature says. Huh? But your word tells me do what? Trust him. He said, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to handle that for you. Will you let him handle some of these things you're going through in your life? Will you take your mouth out of some situation? Will you take your, your aggressiveness out of some situations and back off and say, Lord, I just give it to you. Amen. And you'll be amazed of what the Lord will do. Amen. Am I telling you the truth or not? Amen. I used to say years ago, some people had such a long tongue it wiggled on both ends and even in the middle. And you know, that's true in some cases. It really is. Paul knew who he believed. I'm going to leave this with you. I want you to know who you believe. He said in 2 Timothy 1.12, he said, for this which calls I also suffer these things. He suffered a lot because of who he was, but it didn't deter him from being and doing what he was commissioned to do. It just didn't. He was a man driven, driven by the Holy Spirit. How could he turn back and not do what the Lord had committed? He couldn't do it. He said, I suffer these things because of who I am and what I've been commanded to do. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Amen. Central to Paul, fundamental in his thinking of turning always to the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't trust to himself. He didn't trust to any group. Sometimes we think we got the numbers, we got power. Doesn't mean that. All through the Bible, God takes the fewer and he moves the greater that are wrong. That's always in there. He can take one person and move a thousand because he's in it. Don't forget it. He will do it. And he wants to show you that he will do it if you would just turn and trust him. Do it. Trust him. Paul trusted the Lord, he believed. Due to this, what Paul went through, you may have to stand alone sometimes. You want to be popular, you want to be right. I've often said, you want to be popular, you want to be right, church. Some people like being popular. Be right. Let God bless you. Let God strengthen you. Know your duty according to what the Word of God says by trusting Him and then carry it out. You see a man like this or a woman like this, they really, what I say, they found themselves. Because they know where the power comes from. They have. They've really found themselves and they're satisfied with that. It's not me. Powers of God. He realizes his limitations. He can live within that framework. You know, all of us have limitations. I do. 
I'm unfit to do what I'm doing. I got to trust him to do what I'm doing. I'm telling you. And when you realize, my dear friends, that you have found what life is about, you know the power of where it is, you know your limitations, you really don't have to be afraid anymore. Because you know he's in your life. And he is going to take care of you. Satan can't put his, his feisty fist on me unless God lets him. He can't do it. Now he can make it hard on me. He can move some of his people against me, make it hard. All I got to do is back off and say, Lord, it's in your hands. Would you do that? Would you do that? And I'm an old army combat person. I know what it's like to be over there. But I'm going to tell you something. He's taught me. It's not by what you've learned in the U.S. military, Bill. It's by what you've learned from me 